We've been to all four corners of Britain in our quest to interview the great and good of entertainment. Comics, actors, writers, politicians, singers, dancers and choreographers. It doesn't matter who they are. They've all given me their own take on the world they live in and have, in their own way, helped to define what makes Britain great. So join me and my assistants as we get another insight into the marvellous and enigmatic world of showbiz here on Beyond the Title. Veteran comedian Mick Miller first came to national prominence in the 1970s variety show The Comedians alongside fellow performers such as Bernard Manning, Frank Carson and Charlie Williams. A former professional goalkeeper, Miller signed for Port Vale before swapping the foot pitch for Pontins and a spot on ITV's New Faces, and earned his status as one of Britain's most enduring comedy stars. Embracing the next generation of comic talent, in 2005, Miller was cast as Keith in Johnny Vegas's BBC3 sitcom Ideal, which survived for seven series until 2011 before stepping out into the US spotlight for ITV's Last Laugh in Vegas, alongside fellow entertainment veterans Cannon and Ball, Anita Harris and Kenny Lynch. I caught up with the long-haired comedy legend to talk sport, heroes and his love affair with comedy. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr Mick Miller. One of the most striking things about research in your career is you're actually a professional goalkeeper for Port Vale. Did you always want to be a footballer? And what was it, being, what was it like being involved in sport at such a pivotal time in football? Yeah, well, at school I was quite thick. So all I wanted to do was play football. And then um, I played for Liverpool schoolboys. Uh, and then uh, I went for trials at Port Vale and Stanley Matthews was the manager. So I got picked up and I went uh, to live in Stoke for four years as a, first of all, as an apprentice and two years as a pro. I was a goalkeeper. Yeah. And um, it was great, you know, to be involved with like, I mean, Stanley Matthews was the player of the world then, you know, everyone knew he was getting on. He was like 50 odd, but, um, you know, he was well known all over the world. So it was great to be a, around him and, um you know, just meet the people that used to come to see him. You know, everybody used to come to see Stanley Matthews. Yeah. In fact, I was telling a story the other day that um, part of the job was like uh, looking after the ground. And after Christmas one year, uh, the guy that looked after us, he said, right, take all these Christmas cards and burn them in a 45-gallon drum at the back of the stand. So me and this other kid were there. And we're just reading them. And it's got, you know, if I would have kept these things from Matt Busby, you know, Happy Christmas, Sir Stanley. Pele, Happy Christmas, Sir Stanley. You know, it's just incredible. Bobby Charlton. And I, I was just reading them and then burning them. Should have kept all of them. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> You'd have made millions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had a memorabilia thing now because I do a lot of sportsmen's dinners. Yeah. And some of that stuff now is incredible. Yeah, awesome. Um, so I, did, I, I didn't make it as a football. I went semi-pro afterwards. I played for uh, a little team in Cheshire called Winsford United. Right. But so you eventually was... opted for the comedy um, as your chosen Well, it, it came about... I was always a bit of a, you know, class clown. And it came about... Um, my cousin was um, a blue coat at Pontins 
And when I left football, obviously, it's uh, devastating. You know, at, you, at 20, you know, you're more or less told you, you're on the scrap heap. Um, so I went, I had a job driving a crane on the railway and I was just uh, so unhappy. And my cousin said, well, why don't you come to Pontins and do the sport? So that's how it all started. I was a sports host at Pontins in Camber. Nice. And part of the job was, you know, calling the bingo, doing the sport and getting involved with the, the little shows. So that's how it all started. Little shit or Michael McCauley. Sorry about that. Right. <laughs> All right. Do you, do, yeah. you, do you take it? No, no, you're fine. Okay. Um, just wanted to know why you thought, why you think this sort of like Pontins you know, holiday entertainment became such a popular stepping stone for comedians like yourself and how important that was. It seemed like it was quite an important part of sort of post-war comedy for quite a few years. Yeah, it was. Um, it was just a great era, you know. That uh, well, I started in '72. Yeah, but Pontins. I mean, like the people that had started at Pontins would go. I mean, Des O'Connor, he was a, a red coat. Um, Jimmy Tarbuck, Roy Hood, and then on our side of the fence was uh, the blue coats. Was Brian Connolly, uh, Bradley Walsh, um, Shane Ritchie. You know, so it was Joe Pasquale. It was um, it was a great time, you know, to to learn you learn your craft, you might say, you yeah. know, and to be given the chance, you know. How do you think that sort of propelled you towards the new faces, ITV's new faces? Well, when I finished as a blue coat, at them days there was some fabulous um, clubs, you know, big nightclubs. There's not so many now, and you do a week, you know, you do a week. And there'd be like four acts on, like I did a week with Tommy Cooper, which was a great experience. I did one in Batley, of all places, with Chuck Berry, can you believe? <laughs> and then I went round supporting uh, the Drifters, the Stylistics, um, and they were just great. They, you, your diary was full for a year, you know. Yeah. And then um, New Faces came on and... I was doing a place in Luton and uh, the producer came in and said, I'd like you to come and uh, do the show. So I went on New Faces. And I, I won my my week. Uh, I didn't win I didn't win the final. I think um I think Jim Davison won that one. Wow. <laughs> Josh just said, although it was a talent show, it was mostly sort of already professional performers, wasn't it? Oh, yes, yes, yeah, the, the, yeah. Do you think that's it was. It's that kind of thing's different from sort of Britain's Got Talent these days. Well, Britain's Got Talent, and they're all um, mainly pros. You know, the, all, all the winners have been professional. You know, yeah, um, yeah. It's um, the, the, the game's changed in in in, in that way a bit because um, I'll say when I was on, I was on with uh, a lot of groups. You know. Mm. Uh, 
soul bands and all that. And there was a lot of impressionists. I mean, Pasquale won it. Um, who else? There's quite a few. Victoria Wood won it. And I mean, at the time, it was on on a Saturday night. It was, um, they used to get like 20 million people watching it. So one little spot on there, you know, got you a lot of work. Yeah, and Josh has sort of asked about that transition for you from there to sort of your regular ITV comedy variety performance on The Comedians. Um, And just... Nowadays, those types of show fall victim to stereotyped xenophobia. But as with many things, the majority of the material was devoid of such things and was actually very funny. What's your own view on that show and that era? Yeah, well, all all sorts of different comedy. I mean, like if you're gonna if you're gonna tell Irish jokes, be an Irishman. Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, we had uh, Charlie Williams who used to take the mickey out of himself, you know. Um, But now it's, I think it just, anything goes now, anything. You know, when you look at um, Life from the Apollo, you know, you can do anything you want, really. Um, So early part of your career sort of coincided with the rise in popularity of working men's club entertainment, which sort of, became a bit of a vital extension to the glory days of variety. How do you think your generation go about offering something different in times of change? Um, I don't know. As I say, things have changed. You know, you just watch material. I mean, I've never been, I've never been religious gags or Irish gags. I mean, my stuff's one-liners mainly and daft stuff. Um, I think it was a good era there. The working men's clubs, I mean, like they've they've gone, but uh, the ones that have survived have gone with the times because I still do a few of them. Um, there is a an age group that like still going to that type of club. Yeah, I think as well, like Josh has sort of alluded to in the next question, it's sort of said that alternative comedy, uh, sort of that scene in the early. 1980s created a severe threat to the sort of popularity of your generation of comedian, didn't it? And how how difficult was that to overcome? Well, I I went with it. You know, I started to do the comedy clubs, yeah, um, and they like what I do. You know, I'm, I still I still do them. I'm doing uh, I'm doing three um, next month, three comedy clubs. I just love it. There's no distractions, you know. When you're doing the Wicker Men's Clubs, you'd go, you'd, you've got bingo first of all. That's the top of the bill, um, you know. And you've got people talking, and it was a very, it was a hard game, you know, to, to be a comic. You know, Saturday night, two spots. You know, you do one club, nine o'clock, which is too early because they haven't had a proper drink, and then of course the later spot they've had too much to drink yeah you know so it was um i've got paid off quite a few times in my career (laughs) 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 (laughs)
Oh, yeah, I think a lot of them. I mean, Bernard Manning, he was the one that always got the stick. You know what I mean? He was um, he was in your face and he was a racist um, material. Sorry, there's a flock of geese flying over us. <laughs> Very exotic. Very exotic. <laughs> yeah, and there was Bernard and... Um, yeah, a lot of them, um, you know, the, the new guys on the block, you know, the, the, they called us dinosaurs. But then when I started to get involved, I went on that um, Kings of Comedy on Channel 4. And there was mm-hmm. like uh, three alternatives and three mainstream, as they call us. So, um, and I came third in that. You know, we lived in a house. It was like Big Brother yeah. on Channel, Channel 4. And... Um, that was a great experience, but and I, well, I went up to Edinburgh. I did the festival, which was great, great. I mean, like, um, you know, they seem to accept me and they like what I do. You know, don't offend anybody. Just get on and do it. Yeah, great. And then, So moving on a little bit then, in 2008, you were cast as Keith in Johnny Vegas's BBC Three sitcom Ideal. How was it being surrounded by sort of fresher comedy talent um, on BBC Three? And are you still in touch with Johnny? Yeah, well, what what it was, I I went for the audition and um, I I got the gig. Uh, I found out Johnny was a big fan of mine. So, um, and it was great because a a lot, they were all comics. A lot, all the characters were comics, you know. Even the um, the girl that played my girlfriend, Joe Enright, she's a comedian. Um, yeah, there wasn't many real actors. Johnny likes to use comics because comics are quite good as actors. So yeah, and I speak to him now, regular, you know. And he, um, if I'm working anywhere near him in St Helens, I'll give him a bell, and he'll he'll come to the gig. <laughs> right. And um, again, a little bit more recently, again, you made a guest appearance in Peter Kay's car share. How'd... Yeah, well, there again, Peter, Peter was a fan. Yeah. And um, Peter got me on the um, variety, Royal Variety Show, because they needed uh, someone to do six minutes in between Penn and Teller and Singing in the Rain while they got all the water jets in. Yeah. So Peter said to the producer, there's only one man, get Mick Miller. So I, w- I was only supposed to be a theatre act only, they call it. So you weren't actually going to be on the show. It was a theatre act only. Right. And, but uh, I really, you know, I really got them going and um, they put my bit in, which was great. Yeah, brilliant. Well, and that, that was a lot of... Um, there was a lot of, you know, Jason Manford was on the same show. Obviously, Peter, Greg Davis, um, yeah. yeah, Jim Owen. Jim Owen was on. Right. So it was great, yeah. Um, and then as well, you've uh, you were cast along alongside some fellow entertainment legends for ITV's Last Laugh in Vegas. Mm. What did that teach you about the differences between British and American audiences? Well, I was okay because I worked the cruise ships, so I know how to work Americans, you know. 
Okay. You've got to you've got to explain it to them and then tell them the gag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was great great experience, you know, because I knew I knew all of them except um oh what's her name? Anita Harris. I'd I'd never met Anita Harris before. And of course Cannon and Ball I'd worked with over the years and uh, Bernie Bernie Clifton. So um yeah, it was a great experience. I mean I went and did a comedy club out there and did really well. And then of course the show was uh, incredible. Yeah, it was a great experience. Great for the C V. Yeah, brilliant. And I suppose oh god. When we interviewed Kenny Lynch, he uh, struggled with the reality show style of the format and felt like he had to escape to a bar to get away from it all. Yeah, he's a character. He is a character. Because he's been there and done it all, you see. He's been and and done it all. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he's... He's worked. He's worked in Vegas before. He used to go regular, and he was a bit upset that we couldn't get out, you know, because we were in like lockdown. Yeah, in that that big place. Well, sometimes you finish at four four in the afternoon filming, and you're not up till ten the next day. You know, you want to go out, and he, he's got friends there, and yeah. of course they would they wouldn't let him go. So he uh, he he didn't have the right attitude, really. No, probably not. Um, now that the sort of vaccines being rolled out, I imagine you're eager to return to the stage. Um, oh yeah, yes. What, what have you got coming yeah. up, and uh, what is still the thrill of performing for you? Well, I've just—I mean, I've been doing it now for 40, 45 years, and I love—I love the buzz of getting on the stage and seeing people laugh. You know, I do. Um, I always look, I do butlins, three, three butlin sites, uh, adult weekends, you know, rock weekends and all that. And I really love that. That's a great buzz. As I say, I've got coming up, I've got uh, the Comedy Lounge in Hull. I've got the uh, the Laughter House in Liverpool. I'm doing the um, Blackpool Comedy Station. And then I've got a little theatre gig in Chorley. That's my own gig. Yep. And then what I do is... Um, if I'm doing a gig, I uh, I, I get a, an alternative that I respect to do the show with me. Yeah, that's awesome. yeah. Cool. Um, so then, looking back at your career, what would you say your proudest achievement is? Um, I'd probably say the Vegas, yeah. You know, because I've done more or less everything. I've done the Royal Command performance. I've worked at the London Palladium. Uh, done the Vegas thing. Uh, been all over the world on cruise ships. So, yeah, yeah. 
and I still work abroad. I do Dubai and Abu Dhabi, Amazing. Singapore. So yeah, you know, I'm still. I love it. I love every minute of it. Getting up there and it's not nice when they don't laugh. Obviously, <laughs> that's when I put my cap on and slide out the back door. Yeah. <laughs> must be amazing to be able to see the world like that as well, though. That is that must be something which has changed quite a bit through the sort of duration of your career. The how far flown? Yeah, yeah. Well, I worked. Oh, I worked Australia as well. I did three months in Australia on the Gold Coast. Um, wow. Yeah, it's um, well. The cruise ships now have changed so much. I mean, now, I mean, I didn't go on my first cruise till uh, what, say, fifteen, twenty years ago, because they were like very, very posh and for the rich people, you know, and they wouldn't appreciate comedy like the way I do it. But now, these beautiful ships that are incredible. You've got Royal Caribbean. I mean, they've got an ice ring on it. And an ice show. You know, so it's great to... And I keep in touch with a lot of the people that I see. And, um, you know, that you meet some lovely people, some incredible people. You know, you've got cruises for every type of person nowadays. Yeah, brilliant. What... So, other than your sort of um one man show what what's next for for you Mick well I just keep doing what I do um yeah looking forward to getting back on the ships um I should imagine they'll all be back by December I usually do all of December in the Caribbean on three different ships not bad you know so uh, well I don't I don't do pantomime you know that's not my type of a gig well yeah but, I suppose Rainy panto in Slough, or well, that's it, yeah. Or Caribbean yeah. cruise, yeah. Matinee in a matinee in Darlington. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a, it is a, it's a firm toss-up, isn't it? But yeah. Well, um, that's all the questions that Josh has got for you. Um, so. Thanks again for your time. It's been It's a pleasure. Pleasure. Nice to speak to you. Thank you to our guest for being the subject of another Beyond the Title interview. If you liked this, why not browse the website and see if there's anything else that takes your fancy. Don't forget to like our Facebook page to receive updates on forthcoming interviews and to see more information about me and what I do. Thanks again and hopefully see you next time.